Now, this morning, we want to continue our series of messages on relationships. Today, we want to talk about bearing one another's burdens, carrying each other's burdens. And I invite you to turn to the passage that Nate read for us here in Galatians chapter 6. And we're going to be looking at those uh, verses 2 through 5 particularly today. As we think about burden-bearing, We come to the understanding that if we're going to be a burden bearer, we need to be a stretcher bearer. Now, stretcher bearers are people who lift and carry others. Uh, Our world cannot exist without stretcher bearers. We need people who are on call at a moment's notice to rush into some kind of a of a situation that they. Couldn't have predicted. Maybe it was a catastrophe, an accident, uh, some kind of a, a catastrophic event that takes place, and they are called to rush in and help those that have been wounded, help those that have uh, suffered some kind of injury and can't get out themselves. You see this especially in times of, of war where uh, stretcher bearers are needed to carry the wounded to safety, uh, to Reach out to those that are hurting. Uh, it could even be in a, uh, uh, an athletic event where somebody is injured so badly, the stretcher bearers come out and carry them off the field so that they can uh, get some help, so that they can get some encouragement. And so these are people that are always working behind the scenes. Uh, they, they don't crave the limelight. You never see or even hear anything about them, but they do their ministry very carefully and with a sense of passion because they know if they don't carry uh, that person to safety, that that person is probably not going to survive or they're, they're not going to find a place of, of security from everything that has happened to them. It's interesting that in Mark chapter 2, We have an interesting story that Jesus uh, reminds us of, that Luke tells us about Jesus. Jesus, you'll remember, as he was here on earth, he spent a lot of time healing the sick and and ministering to those who needed help. And uh, Jesus, in Mark chapter 2, he comes to a little town called Capernaum. And in Capernaum, there was a man who had been uh, paralyzed since his birth. And he hears that Jesus is coming, but he has no way to get there. But he has four friends who become his stretcher bearers. And they go into the house, put him on a stretcher, and take him to Jesus. By the time they get to the house where Jesus is, the place is so packed they can't get in through the door. So what do they do? They go outside uh, outside the building. There were outside stairs uh, in those days, and they ascended up to the roof, and they cut a hole in the roof. And they let this paralyzed man, they had four ropes, and they left him down, and he was right in front of Jesus. And when Jesus sees the faith of this man and those who had carried him, this man is immediately healed, and he's rejoicing, and God's doing some fabulous things. But the thing we overlook is that miracle would not have happened had not he had four stretcher bearers that carried him to Jesus. And they were the ones who are really the stars of that particular 
a miracle that Jesus did because they carried someone who could not get there himself. They were a stretcher bearer. And I'm convinced that in the body of Christ, we need to have many who are stretcher bearers. People that they don't, they're not focused on themselves. Uh, they're not concerned about even their own well-being. They just want to help lift the loads of others. And in the body of Christ, I believe God's calling all of us today to become a stretcher bearer, uh, to lift the loads of others uh, th that are burdened down. I'm, I'm sure many of you have come today with some incredible burdens and hurts. Uh, I, I know that <clears throat> I've experienced some of those kinds of things, and I know many of you have experienced them in the past, and some of you are even experiencing those kind of heavy loads right now. Uh, in fact, some of you had a hard time even getting up this morning and coming to church because there were so many things that were weighing down upon you. And so to be a stretcher bearer, it doesn't require a lot of skill. It just requires a giving, loving heart. Uh, and when we give ourselves to others, that's when we really find ourselves. Our lives take on a whole new dimension and purpose because the focus is not upon us. The focus is on how we can help this other one be unburdened as we seek to lift them and, and to carry them along and to be a, a source of encouragement to them in their time of need. I have a growing conviction that the greed of the 80s and 90s has paved the way for the need of the 21st century. In other words, we finally come to grips with the fact that we can't do life alone. We finally have figured out that the Lone Ranger approach to life doesn't work and that we need each other. None of us have been created by God to do life alone. We need others around us who can pick us up and carry us when the burdens of life become so heavy, the stresses and the strains of everyday living become such a heavy load that we, we have difficulty uh, even addressing the, the pressing needs that are right in front of us. And so cutting ourselves off from others, thinking that we can do life by ourselves, I think most of us have come to the conclusion that that just doesn't work anymore. God's family needs stretcher bearers, those who will reach out to those that are burdened and lift the heavy loads that they're carrying. And that brings us to this particular passage here in Galatians chapter 6 and verse 2, which says, carry each other's burdens. Now, that word carry, very interesting word, it means to lift. It means to, to pick up and to put on oneself. It speaks of actually picking up a load and putting it on our own backs and carrying it. Uh, the word carry means to lift, to put upon oneself. The stretcher bearer is one who lifts the fallen, who lifts those who can't make it on their own. They're there to pick them up. And it's interesting that Paul's counsel here is repeated action. We're repeatedly called to carry one another's burden. It's not just to be a, a one-time event. We're to have our antennas up, and when we see others that are burdened, others that are weighed down with issues, we need to come alongside them and seek to be of help and encouragement to them. And the reason is because we're a family. 
And as family members, we take care of each other. There's a, that's one of the beauties of being part of the body of Christ. You know, there are folks out in the world that have never, ever experienced another Christ follower coming alongside them, praying for them, encouraging them, helping to lift their load. Most people deal with the crises and strains of life all alone. And that's the beauty of the body of Christ. He's called us into community so that we can lift and carry the burdens of others. Now, I want us to look at this command under a microscope this morning. First of all, I want you to note the assumptions behind this command. First of all, the first assumption is that all Christ followers have burdens. All of us carry heavy loads. All of us carry issues that sometimes are too big for us to handle our own. Sometimes we take a look at people that are in the limelight. We take a look at those Christian folks that are out in the the public eye, and we think they have no problems. They have no issues that they deal with. I mean, people have said that about myself. I'd love to be a pastor. You know, you have to... You only work one day a week, and uh, uh, I mean, you have everything under control, and uh, you don't carry any burdens. You, you don't have anything that you struggle with. You needed to walk a mile in my shoes. Over the last 50 years, there have been things that have happened in my life that have been so heavy and so crushing, I thought I would never, ever trust a leader again. And I would never, ever preach another sermon. There have been times when I've been so beaten down that I couldn't even get up. All I could do was just lay on the floor because of all the things that were happening that I had no control over. All of us have these kinds of things. The assumption behind this command and why he's speaking so directly to us is that all of us have burdens. The second assumption behind this command is that Christ followers are not to carry their burdens alone. Now, some of us have the idea that if we share our burdens with others, somehow our faith is flawed. I used to think that if I couldn't figure out issues that were happening that I had not participated in, if I didn't do it by myself, I, I wasn't being a good pastor. And I had to learn the hard lesson that sometimes others that really care about you, they want you to share the burden so they can help carry the load. And when I began sharing with elders and others that I was accountable to, some of the things that I was struggling with, instead of them saying, uh, you know, Pastor, what's the matter with you? Why can't you carry that by yourself? No, no. They came around me and they picked me up and they prayed for me and they ministered to me in ways that never could have happened unless I had shared that burden, that struggle, that particular situation that was getting the best of me. And so Paul tells us a little bit about this uh, in terms of his own experience. In fact, in uh, the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 7, The apostle is terribly burdened down by the Corinthian church. He had written a very uh, painful letter to them in his first correspondence. He had had to correct them because of their abuses with church discipline and uh, worship and spiritual gifts. 1 Corinthians is a pretty harsh letter. Uh, But 
as he pens the letter in 2 Corinthians, he begins to share with them how burdened down he has been feeling. I mean, here's the great champion of the church sharing with the body of Christ some of the things that he's struggling with. Uh, Never, ever think that because we're a person is in ministry or because a person is, is maybe a, more of a public figure that they don't have burdens. And the apostle, who was a champion of the faith, he speaks very specifically about what he himself was struggling with. In 2 Corinthians 7, verses 5 and 6, he says, For even when we came to Macedonia, our bodies had no rest. We were afflicted at every turn, fighting without and fear within. But God, notice, who comforts the downcast, comforted us by the coming of Titus. Paul is weighed down. He can't sleep. You read about some of the things that he went through in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, how he was shipwrecked, given up for dead, went without food, went without clothing. Here was a guy that experienced tremendous burdens But at this particular moment, he didn't find encouragement by attending the local synagogue. He didn't get uh, encouragement by Bible study. He got encouragement by a trusted friend, a colleague, an ally. He was comforted. The burden was lifted by Titus, who comes alongside him when Paul is at his lowest point, and Titus picks him up so that the apostle can continue to minister in the power of Jesus. This is something that God calls each one of us to. And when we are stretcher bearers, we are fulfilling the law of Christ. God has placed each one of us within this fellowship so that we could help each other. Uh, We are not just coming and sitting by ourselves and uninvolved in each other's life. God has placed us together so that we can encourage and build and lift the burdens of others. Paul alludes to this again in 1 Thessalonians 5 and verse 14 where he says, Admonish the idle, encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak. And that word help is very interesting. It's a Greek word that is a present imperative, meaning to continue on helping, to continue being a help to others. And it paints a picture of a stake on which a person can lean. Now, when we go out and plant our garden in the spring, many of us will plant tomato plants. They will blossom and they will flourish. But there comes a time when they begin to droop and the fruit gets close to the ground. And unless we stake that tomato plant up, all the good fruit is going to be rotten. And so the picture here is that as stretcher bearers, we become stakes that other people lean on. When other people are weak, we are a stake that they can lean into so that they can achieve everything that God has for them and that the burden will not crush them. So many people, I fear today, are uh, just bogged down 
with burdens and stresses, and many of them don't have anyone they can ever share that with. They bear it alone. And when you are fighting something that is crushing in your life, let me tell you, when you have no stretcher bearers around you, it is a very lonely, lonely place. And to be a burden bearer means that we must build strong friendships with each other. We must get beyond just kind of the casual greeting. Hey, how are you doing today? You know, we greet each other in the lobby and, how are you doing? Oh, man, I'm doing fine. What happens when you say, you know, how are you doing? And somebody says, I've had a terrible week. Well, you need to just stop and pray for them. You need to just engage them a little bit. One of the things that's beautiful, I see it out here in the lobby periodically where people are praying for each other. You see, when we get alongside each other and we pray for one another, that's when really exciting ministry is taking place in the body of Christ. It's a blessing. And so God calls us to this wonderful ministry, and we need to be aware of these <clears throat> assumptions and seek to overcome them as we develop the posture of bearing one another's burdens. Now, what are the implications of this command? First of all, Paul uh, says that many times we refuse to bear the burdens of others because we have a misguided mindset. We mistakenly believe that we are a little bit better than our fellow Christ followers. Now, look at verse 3. He says, if anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. When we think we're much better than that person that's going through a crushing experience and we say, well, that would never happen to me. Oh, my. That person needs to deal with it by themselves. When we pre present ourselves as being better or more spiritual than those that are experiencing burdens, uh, Paul says, in reality, we're a big zero. In fact, he makes a stronger statement. He says that we have deceived ourselves. When we think we're so great and we're so good that we don't have any kind of responsibility to reach out to those that are experiencing crushing burdens, that's a misguided mindset. We are what we are by the grace of God. We have nothing to boast of except the cross of Jesus Christ. So none of us should ever get to that moment where we think we're so spiritually superior that others don't need us to come around them to pick them up and to carry them and to encourage them in time of their need. He says, as he continues here, that if we refuse to carry the burdens of others, not only do we have a misguided mindset, we have an unhealthy focus. He says, we're playing the comparison game. Look at verse 4. He said, each one should test his own actions. Then he can take pride in himself without comparing himself to somebody else. You see, one of the problems that we have is we don't do things unless we see someone else doing it. We compare ourselves to each other. And Paul says, that's, that's a misguided focus. 
You don't do things because others are doing it. You do it because you feel compelled to do so because the Holy Spirit is at work within you and he's prompting you to reach out and to build and to lift the load that you see in a friend or in a neighbor or maybe even a close relative. Could even be your spouse. Sometimes our spouses carry incredible burdens. We need to help pick them up. Our friends, our kids, all of us have burdens. And so we must not get to that point where we say, well, you know, that's not my responsibility. I, I, I'm doing pretty good when I compare myself with, with other Christ followers. It's not how we compare with one another. It's are we pleasing Jesus? Are we focused upon him? Is he the one that's calling the shots in our lives? And then in Galatians chapter 6 and verse 5, he gives us a unique perspective. He's been focused on the fact that we are to carry each other's burdens, and now he says something that seems contradictory. He says in verse 5, for each one should carry his own load. It's a different word. The word load is completely different from the word burden in verse 2. And here, when he says, each one of us must carry our own load, it means that there are some burdens that we must carry that no one else can carry for us. It's important for us to understand that we all have responsibilities. Uh, What may be... My responsibility and your responsibility may be something totally different because we aren't called to the same objectives. We're not called to the same purpose. But here he is saying when we carry our own load, he is using a word that speaks of not a crushing burden as he's talking about in verse 2. He's talking here about a burden that can be carried as a soldier carries a backpack on his back. In other words, he's talking about a burden, a load that is light enough for carry. This is not something that that is crushing us. Rather, he's saying each one must carry his own load. Each one of us must carry whatever burden, whatever responsibilities God has called us to do for his glory. But I also believe you can take this statement to mean that when we come alongside others who are experiencing crushing burdens, when we become a stake for them to lean upon, when we lift them up and carry them, God enables that encouragement that comes from Concerned Christ followers to help that person transform that crushing burden into a little load that they can carry. Very interesting. In other words, what he is saying here is when you see someone that is burdened down and this thing is crushing them, when you come alongside them and you help them through that, Maybe you do an errand for them or you help them out in a certain way. You pray for them. That burden that crushes them becomes a knapsack that they can carry. 
That's the beauty of this passage here. And I believe that when we come alongside those that are heavy and burdened down, we help lift those loads. We're being a God-focused stretcher-bearer that is lifting burdens and transferring crushing burdens into light loads that we all can carry. And then number three, some applications from this command. First of all, to be an effective burden bearer, we must do at least three action steps. Number one, first of all, we must listen. Remember the words of caution we received as a youngster when we were growing up? We walked to school in those days, at least I did. Most kids drive to school today, but uh, we walked to school. And one of the things mom would say is say, okay, Johnny, when you get to an intersection, you've got to stop and you've got to look and you've got to listen. Listening is really an important part of this whole process of burden bearing. Now, here at East Bay Calvary, this is where our lives all intersect. We come here from different backgrounds. Some of you have driven 45 minutes, maybe even to an hour to be here. But we've all come from different places, and, and we come here, and this is the place in where our lives intersect with each other, okay? And as we get to know each other, and as we become really good friends, and, 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 and we're no longer dealing in superficial relationships, uh, there will be times when God brings us into a conversation with someone that just needs some spiritual help and encouragement. You see, all of us are made in the image of God. <laughs> all of us matter to God. There is not a person here who does not matter. The living God's concerned about what's going on in your lives today. He's concerned about what some of you are facing tomorrow. He's concerned about what's happened to you this past week. But we have to be tuned in listeners. We need to cultivate the art of listening. And for most of us, if we're honest, we do way too much talking and not near, a much, near as much listening. In fact, many times when people are talking to us, and sharing some burdens, we like to give them quick fix answers. Uh, we repeat spiritual cliches. You know, you just need to get closer to God. You need to pray. If you had more faith, you wouldn't be experiencing this. That's a bunch of baloney. We need to listen to each other's hurts and help carry each other's loads. And not offer quick fix answers. Let me, let me tell you. God is looking for authentic people today. That are willing to come up under the lives of those that are experiencing crushing burdens. And helping them to succeed. Secondly. We not only must listen. But we must become what I call fat people. Now I'm not suggesting that you go out and supersize all your meals. It's not what I'm talking about here today. But I'm talking about an acrostic. F, faithful, A, available, and T, teachable. 
Now, let me just unpack those for you here quickly. What comes to your mind when you think of faithfulness? Most of all of us, we think of reliability, we think of dependability and trust. A faithful person is a confidant. It's someone that is available and we feel comfortable in sharing our hearts with them. But that stretcher bearer must guard that person's confidence at all costs. It only has to happen once. When you seek to come alongside a person that is experiencing a crushing burden, and you commit yourself to pray for them, but then all of a sudden they appear on the church prayer list. And instead of really coming alongside the person that's expressed an incredible burden that they've had, people begin to talk about that person. It's very interesting how this happens. And before you know it, this person who shared this crushing burden, it goes through the whole gossip circles and, and what happens that person that has shared that crushing burden, they pull away. They'll never share again. It's so important that when we are lifting the burdens of others that we maintain confidentiality, that we maintain a spirit of concern and we do everything we can to help them. We don't talk about the person. We don't talk about the burden that has been crushing them, but we do seek to lift them to our Heavenly Father. Number two, we must be available. This is more attitudinal than anything. You know, we need to give people an opportunity to express what's on their hearts. And that means when we're in conversation with a person that's burdened down, we really need to concentrate on that person. They need to know that they're the most important person in the room. And that we're genuinely interested. We're not interested in kind of a quick fix. We are really interested in helping them to overcome this burden that has crushed them. I have found out, and I'm sure many of you have, that some of the people that have known the Lord the longest and have the brightest smiles carry the greatest burdens. They don't talk about it, but many have been in the church for a long, long time, and no one has ever really gotten to know them so well that they feel free enough to share the burden. Most churches are content with casual relationships. We, we get a little bit bothered if we get to know each other too well. And yet that's what God's calling us to do as his family, to really get to know each other so that we can pray for one another, so we can lift the loads of others, so that we can help others succeed. And then lastly, we must learn to be present. We must be teachable, and we must be present. 
when you're dealing with a person that is weighed down, you don't have to have, give them a prepared speech. You just need to let them know that you are there to help carry their load. Some of the most encouraging times that Sandy and I have experienced when we've gone through some very deep discouragement is to have the presence of a friend that doesn't say a whole lot, but we know that they're there. They are present. And those are the kind of stretcher bearers that we all need to become. You see, all of us are people in process. We don't have it all together. We're on a lifelong journey that someday will end when we see Jesus face to face. But in the meantime, we need to minister to one another and learn the value and the secret of bearing each other's burdens. Now, I want you to notice how Paul concludes his statement here. Look at verse 9 and following. He said, let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we don't give up. Too many of us give up too quick. Therefore, here it is, underline it in chartreuse. This is another one of these chartreuse moments. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people. And notice the text, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. You see, God doesn't want us to give up on this ministry of being a stretcher bearer. He wants us to keep at it so that the body of Christ can be strong and healthy and vibrant as we carry each other's burdens. As we carry our own loads and we do so effectively and then we come alongside others who are being crushed with burdens so that that burden that's crushing can be a light load that they can carry. You have a marvelous example of this in the Old Testament. Israel is going against the Amalekites in battle. And Moses is leading the charge. And as long as Moses held up his hands, why Israel prevailed. The Amalekites were some of the most corrupt uh, people that lived on the face of the earth at that time. And as long as Moses' hands were lifted, the armies of Israel prevailed. But he got tired. He got weary. And so they had to get a rock and put behind him so he could sit on the rock and hold up his hands. But even in that seated position, his hands grew weary. So what happens? A couple of stretcher bearers came along by the name of Aaron and Hur, and what did they do? They held up his arms. And friends, that is the role of a stretcher bearer. We hold up each other's arms so that Jesus can prevail. That's what it's all about. God is calling all of us to this wonderful ministry. And the question is simply this. Can he count on you. Let's stand together, shall we please, for closing prayer. Father in heaven, we love you. 
We praise you for your great faithfulness. You are the one who puts within our hearts a desire to know you and know you more and more and to fall more deeply in love with you every day. And as we fall more and more in love with you, we become much more sensitive to those around us. And we're sensitive to what's going on in the family of God. And when we see those crushed, Lord, we seek to lift. We seek to come alongside them so that they can experience new life and new vigor. We all need that, Lord. And so I pray that you would just continue to mold us and make us into a family that is deeply in love with you, deeply in love with each other, and we're willing to do whatever it takes to hold up the arms of those that are so burdened they can't make it any further. Thank you, Lord, for what you are doing in our hearts, for the way in which you're molding us and melting us together as the people of God. Continue to do your work, your way, in this place for your glory. And now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and that sweet communion of the Holy Spirit be with you now and evermore we pray. Amen. Good morning and Maranatha. Lo, he comes. Have a great day in Jesus. God bless you.